Hi, it's Shirley and Manisha from Make It Shine, the Money Podcast. On today's podcast, do you wonder about the cost of being married? That marital bliss everyone talks about. Is it worth it? And how much does it really cost? Keep listening to find out. So Shirley, researching this week's podcast has been an eye-opener. I've been married for over five years now, and I've never really sat down to think about, hey, am I better off financially now or if I'd remain single? Yeah, so I'm curious too, because all of the Asian aunties out there, they just want everyone to be married. And sometimes with the tax laws, it feels like even the government wants you to be married. Seriously. So how much does it actually cost? Okay, so we know that being married is on the decline globally. We actually shared this in our last podcast, The Cost of Being Single. And for the first time since 1976 in America, there are more single people than married people in the country. So over half of America is single right now. And it's a similar story for Canada, where 48% of the country is single. And that has been growing almost at a linear trend for the last few decades. So the average age at which people are getting married is going up too. For women, the average age is 35 years old, and for men, it's 38. Wow. I mean, I can't believe my parents got married and had their kids in their early 20s. It feels crazy to think about right now. And if I think about my grandparents, I think they were like in their late teens when they got married. Yeah, same with mine. And the reason marriages are declining is because wealth is growing. Klenningberg from NYU suggests that the driving factor is actually growing wealth per capita. Did you know in the 1950s, only 22% of America was single because it was impossible to afford to be single, but since since then, people have a lot more choices and options, and they're choosing to stay single, especially women. And I would say socially, especially in the G7 countries, being married is no longer a required part of growing up like it was before. So single parenting is on the rise, cohabitation is on the rise. And really, it comes down to, like you said, more options, right, that allow for the right kind of lifestyle for each individual. But how come even with all of these numbers, a large portion of the world is married? Yeah, those stats are, you know, the ones we shared earlier. They include people that are far too young to be married. Mm. And it also includes seniors, which given the long longer life expectancy, unfortunately, have a higher likelihood to be without their spouses in later parts of their lives. So the reality is that as much as single households increase, they are still about a quarter of all households in Canada. Yeah, they're still number one. And you can argue now with all that choice, people that are choosing to get married or cohabit together, they must believe they will be happier. And the question is, are they wealthier? So a study from Ohio State University showed that after a decade of being together, married couples had a net worth that was four times greater than singles. Isn't that crazy? Four times as much. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. Obviously, there's a lot of costs to getting to that point, but... Four times. I mean, that almost makes it worth it. Yeah. So remember in our last podcast, we talked about J-Lo. So Jennifer Lopez has had six engagement rings. And the overall cost of the rings range anywhere between 11 to $16 million. Wow. The cheapest ring is from her first wedding at a reported cost of $20,000, which isn't chump change either. Yeah, $20,000 is enough to get married. Forget just an engagement ring. Exactly. And, like, which one, is the, which one is the most expensive one? Is that the, I know, the pink one from Ben Affleck? I know that's quite rare. No, no. So that one was $1.2 million. The one from Mark Anthony is the second most expensive at $4 million. And the new green one from Ben, that one is between $5 to $8 million. So I've done my research. That's, cr <laughs> that's crazy. So do you remember the marketing campaign by De Beers? We learned about it in marketing school. They're the ones with the slogan, Diamonds are Forever. 
So they also came up with a campaign, and I'm sure a lot of you listening have heard this one too, that the average cost of an engagement ring should be about three months of your salary. Yeah. They started out with one month to say the average cost of your ring should be one month of your salary right after World War II to boost sales. And they're like, oh, this is working so well, we should make it two months. And then they're like, no, no, it should be three months of your salary. So quite random. Yes. So clever. And what a way to grow revenue, right? Yeah. Yeah. Great, great marketing, especially because they pick diamonds, which reality is just carbon. It's not even rare. But you know, if you're not JLo or Ben Affleck, the average cost of an engagement ring in the US is 5500 In Canada, it's $3,000. And in the UK, it's 2000 Yeah. And we haven't even talked about the actual cost of the wedding. That is where it could really range. And it depends on how much you want to spend. So the cheapest wedding, which is recognized by the government, only requires a license from City Hall. So that, you know, tends to be a few hundred dollars. If you are looking to tie the knot in Toronto, that including tax comes up to $310. Yes, true. And you can also choose a ring without a diamond. So there's a lot of options out there, including beautiful gemstones or no stone at all. And markups on diamonds can range from 300% to as high as 1,000%. And another way to get your engagement ring for free is to use a family heirloom. And then, so I think with that being said, the cheapest wedding probably costs you, let's say, around $500. So $310 for the city hall license. And then let's say you've got other incidentals. You know, you've got flowers, you've got symbolic rings. So just round it up, 500 bucks. That's the cheapest if you want to get married. Now, the most expensive wedding... That's totally up to you. So we got to talk about the royal wedding. When Prince Charles and Princess Diana got married, their wedding reportedly cost $48 million, which in today's terms is about $110 million. So there were 27 wedding cakes, 10,000 pearls on Diana's wedding dress, and so much more. So who is eating 27 wedding cakes? And <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why do you need 27 different wedding cakes? You why just can't you just have a giant? Do, I don't know. Because they're royalty. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, the current Guinness World Record holder, so a non-royal couple, for the most expensive wedding is Lakshmi Mittal's daughter. So his daughter's wedding cost $55 million. And personally, I'm not surprised that a big Indian wedding is the number one most expensive wedding ever in the world. Because our wedding are not single day events and this one between uh, Venetia Mittal and Amit Bhatia it lasted six days every Indian wedding has some performances so they just brought Kylie Minogue in and they're like hey why don't you perform in the Eiffel Tower and they also rented out the entire palace of Versailles for all the other ceremonies so quite easy to go to 55 million dollars when you're doing all that oh I would love to attend a wedding for 55 million dollars so what we're saying is that the cost of a wedding it could range anywhere between 500 dollars to 55 million to the average person however a wedding cost could be anywhere between twenty dollars to $30,000 in Canada. And it's slightly higher in the U.S. at an average of $33,000. Well, since the pandemic, many of our friends have gotten really creative around planning their weddings. So remember back in Ontario when the rules about sizes of gatherings for both indoors and outdoors kept changing? Yeah. One of my friends had a beautiful wedding in her parents' backyard with six people. And then another friend decided to get married on her front porch. Everyone drove past her house honking and waving signs. And it was really fun and memorable. Wow. And on top of that, they both save so much money. Yeah. And I mean, I think sometimes those weddings are more fun. They're intimate. There's no stress with six people. You know who's coming. You don't have to worry. And you can save that money for a down payment on your home or something else. I remember when we got married, our biggest expense at the wedding was catering. And we were so busy with all the guests and everything else that was going on. We actually never got to eat any of that food. So the wedding industry is a $72 billion industry globally. So from the dress to the cake, food, photographers, all of this adds up. 
BMO did a study that showed that couples dipped into their savings to pay for over 60% of their wedding costs, and one in three couples actually went into debt for their wedding. I know. And like, depending on your individual wedding customs, you might even have other random costs. Like we did, we had to pay for a rental horse that my husband rode from the parking lot to the hall entrance for a wedding. Oh, and we also, what I think, wasted money on dance lessons for our first dance. My husband forgot all the steps. And in the end, we're just randomly bopping to the music in the hall. Did he really? I don't remember that. He looked great. You guys both look great. No, no, no. I bring it up all the time. He totally forgot. First of all, (laughs) there's the money aspect. But do you know how many times we went to practice these lessons and then it's like why we could have d- anyway it's it's a sore point as you can tell no one stares at the groom anyways all eyes were on you so don't worry about it we didn't notice uh, well that's nice of you so back to the cost of the wedding so what you're saying is if you could do it all over again you know exactly where to cut out the cost totally I actually remember we were so stressed the entire time that even after the wedding like on our honeymoon I think the first two or three nights we just had dreams like vivid I had vivid dreams <laughs> about the entire wedding planning experience. And then I was like, oh, I think I forgot something or I sat the wrong person next to the other person. I really, 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 really loved our wedding and I loved having everybody there. So I wouldn't change anything, but I know that it's an expensive and very stressful experience. So it's it's not a cheap way to start your married life together. Yeah, so you're not the only one. For context, money stands reported that while the cost of weddings has doubled in the last decade, the median annual income in Canada has only increased by 26%. So with just the wedding and the engagement ring alone, we're at an average cost of $35,000 already. And if you want, let's say, a little honeymoon after, you're going to round that 35000 up to 40000 quite easily. And on top of that, the average salary in Canada is 54600 which means the after-tax amount is about 39500 So you're already spending more than your after-tax take-home pay for a year just to get married. Yeah, it is such an expensive start, but there are very specific reasons that over time, we shared earlier, married couples still end up with four times the net worth of a single person. The first reason is that couples with unequal income usually get a marriage bonus through tax benefits by maximizing their spousal RRSPs or pooling incomes to lower tax brackets. Number two, married couples get a financial discount on products such as auto insurance or home insurance. And then reason number three, married couples often qualify for better credit and better terms on loans. Number four, a couple whose employers offers both of them health insurance can choose the plan that's the best or the cheapest for them. So this is especially a huge difference maker in America uh, for couples there because healthcare costs there are easily some of the most expensive in the world. And this really allows them to pick the best. And while going through these reasons, this reminds me of our previous podcast, What Are the Costs of Being Single?, where single people have to pay the single supplement because a lot of expenses are designed to be shared between couples. So couples actually have the benefit of shared expenses. So the annual consumer expenditure survey shows that by combining their expenses, an average couple saves over 13000 a year. And as a couple, even if you end up living in a larger home, such as a two-bedroom apartment instead of a one-bedroom, you still end up cutting housing costs by 42%. Yeah, and there's that added option of division of labor. So you can split chores with your spouse as an example. So let's say like I do the cooking, my partner does the dishes. And for some couples, this can also mean that one person focuses more on their career while the other one takes care of the household. So it's actually one of the key reasons that married men continue to out-earn every other demographic by a large margin. Yes, and at the peak of their career, married men make 30000 more than single men. And the benefit is carried over to women as well, with married women making 6000 more than a single woman. So to summarize, financially, as a married couple, you are making more money, 
you are spending less money and you're getting a discount on your financial expenses. Yeah, so when you think about it this way, you could definitely argue that the money spent on the wedding now becomes immaterial because you've accumulated four times the wealth as a couple versus as a single individual. A big cost that we haven't factored in here completely is the cost of growing your family. You have to pay for additional costs such as childcare and higher household costs, especially if you want to move to a bigger place. Right, and once you have kids, you also start thinking about your will and your life insurance. There's phases in a marriage where you might become asset rich, but you're cash poor. So when mm -hmm. you're stepping up and you're buying, let's say, a bigger house or you're getting a second car. And also, once you have kids, all the benefits that we talked about, they may not all apply to you anymore. They actually get taken away. But that's for our next episode, the cost of having kids. And the biggest risk to the wealth accumulated by a couple is if they get divorced. Each couple's net worth could drop by 50%. And for some, it could be even higher, which we'll cover in our next podcast on the cost of getting divorced. You can quite literally lose everything you've built together and that higher net worth. And with over 40% of all marriages ending in a divorce, that's actually much more of a reality that couples looking to tie the not want to admit to themselves. But if you are thinking of getting married, there are definitely tangible financial reasons that make sense. However, the catch is you have to stay married. So I think the story here is from a financial point of view, you might be better off staying single than to marry the wrong person. Definitely. After all, who we choose to marry is the most important decision of all. We hope you enjoyed this episode and please give us a five-star review. Let us know what you think and continue to make it shine. Any views or opinions represented in this podcast are personal and belong solely to the podcast creators and do not represent those of people, institutions, or organizations that the owner may or may not be associated with in professional or personal capacity unless explicitly stated.